Welcome to the fifth season of The Coaching Cast, your working from home club. We're here to remind you that you're not alone, that we're in this together, or striving to make sense of today's working world. Regardless of where you're working right now, or whatever you do as a career, we've got something for you here at The Coaching Cast. I'm Lisa, founder of Grip Corporate Coaching, personal performance coach, leader, and chief eye roller when it comes to all nonsensical corporate mumbo jumbo, which suffocates rather than advocates. And I'm Susie, coach and trainer at Future You Business Coaching, currently taking on my hardest coaching assignment to date, parenting a two-year-old who doesn't take too kindly to being questioned. In this podcast, we explore all the things impacting you, RCBBs, at work right now, presenting different topics each episode, which we will discuss with some special guests along the way, sharing ideas, hints and tips for you to take away and try for yourself, as well as having a few laughs along the way, of course. We hope you enjoy listening. Today's episode is the concluding part of our two-part special on finding value in your work. We are talking all about the how. So how do you actually go about understanding your values and finding that all-important value in your work? So stay with us and enjoy. So Lisa, before we get into this week's episode, how have you been? Well, I realised that you and I have ended up dressing the same today without we have. any kind of preamble. So for those yeah. of you who are listening to this episode and not watching it, Susie and I both have our hair up in top knots and we're both brunettes, so top knots, and we've both got white tops on. So we look we look like twins today. So yeah, we're twinning. We're twinning today. Yeah. Were you also having a can't be asked to wash my hair day? um because <laughs> that's, pretty generally, much. that's generally I, why my hair goes up <laughs> well I'd say that's my life every day I always am rocking a mum bun every day of my life mum I because it's quick it's easy it's out of the way it's uh scraped up on top of my head <laughs> um yeah I'd love to have the days back where I used to have time to like actually do my hair I would say <laughs> that well, would be amazing I have the time and still don't use it effectively <laughs> and um I I also hate washing my hair. I'm so lazy. I absolutely hate it. I think it's such a chore washing and drying your hair. It's just like if I if there is one thing, like one luxury thing I could have in my life, yeah, and access to it would be someone to wash and blow dry my hair on demand. Agreed. I hundred oh, percent would have the same thing. I would love that. Well, actually, I would love full glam. I'll be honest, full glam, like a glam team every day coming in. I just sit there doing work on my phone. Basically, I just want to be a Kardashian. Let's be honest. <laughs> they have a full glam on demand constantly. Um, yeah, that's what I would love. Absolutely, that would be so love. good. I always yeah. think about my nan and other women of her generation who go to the hairdressers once a week to get their hair done and think actually that is a great way to live like every I mean I do love going to the hairdresser as well because I love having my hair washed by other people um I just think that I think that's when you know you've made it in life when you can just yeah you've got the time and the means the money 
just regularly get your hair done. It is such a joy. Because actually, do you remember when I stayed in London last year and we recorded the podcast um, and we recorded it from my hotel room? Yeah, I think I talked about it then because I... You did. Yeah, I literally was staying (laughs) around the corner from a Charles Worthington salon. Other salons are available. But I was staying near a Charles Worthington and actually it was a reasonable price to get your hair washed and blow dried. So I think I had it done two or three times and I thought it was like the dogs I was like this is the pinnacle of luxury living I just can go get my hair done and actually on one of those occasions it was in the evening and they served me a glass of pink champagne I was thinking well she I have to say you looked very glam the hair that the the hair the blow dryer hair was a very good blow dryer I love a slightly curly blow dryer I do a bouncy blow dryer can't go far wrong no unfortunately that's not the case today today is a (laughs) I didn't have time to wash my hair before the recording of this podcast so I haven't and so that's why it's up and looking a bit of a mess um but yes same but there we go. So yes, that's about as exciting as clearly my, my day and week have been so far. That is my point of reference. But how are you doing? I'm okay. So um, yeah, I'm good. Very kind of busy week um, in the world of Susie. So uh, I'm going on holiday next week. So I am trying to pack not only for myself, but also for my child um and packing to accommodate Ryanair's uh luggage oh goodness guidelines. Yes. That is stressful. Stressful. I haven't started packing it. I have written a list. Um I've checked it twice. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm gonna be packing in over the next couple of days. But um yeah, kind of a lot going on, trying to wrap things up for a holiday. And also their guidelines are so confusing about what you can take and not take when you're traveling with a child. Like they've made like my husband had to tweet them to clarify something. And they said, Oh no, this is what the situation is. And I was like, screenshot their response. I was like, screenshot it, because if we get to that gate and board that plane and I get charged. I was like, I need evidence. That's awful, isn't it? That we now have to kind of like, you know, go through life thinking that. But when it's Ryanair, I'm sorry, but I'm not the greatest fan of Ryanair. I hate flying with them. Um, and we're only flying with them because they're the only airline that goes to the destination. I was just about to say, <laughs> I'm assuming they're the only airline yeah. as well. Yeah, so you have no choice. Oh. Are you flying out of Manchester? Yeah. Has it improved no. there or not? I think so. Yeah, my husband flew out of there last week to Italy for work, and he said it was better. Um, but we are about to obviously go into like May holiday uh, time. Um, mm. So fingers crossed, because I yeah, I do not want to be navigating like a three-hour wait with a toddler to get through security no. to start my holiday off. I haven't been abroad for a couple of years because of the pandemic. I was going to say, this is the first one, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my so... God. I'm excited for you. Honestly, it's not as bad as everyone makes out. I can vouch because I've obviously, <laughs> obviously, I'm like the exception to the main rule that no one's gone anywhere. Yeah. I've done the opposite and traveled as much as I possibly can during oh, a time when no one is. I know. Over here. Call me Judy- <laughs> That's that's the nickname my friends give me. I've had that nickname of Judith Chalmers for ages. And that is actually not because I am such a jet setter. It came about a long time ago. It's because they always, they always take photographs of me on holiday and I end up looking like some middle-aged, I look middle-aged at 25, um, some middle-aged woman on her holidays posing in weird places Florence there's a photograph that goes back to Florence if I can dig it out I'll post it on the Instagram page yes, for the coaching do. class but I look like Judith Chalmers so all my mates call me Judith and that's because that's not because I'm a jet setter as I said it's because I look like a middle-aged woman that is so funny I love it 
This is oh why I won't survive. Me. This is why I'm not going to survive the D- Dubai trip. I, mean, I like, think the Dubai bottomless oh, brunch is going to test you in ways that you may not expect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I, I think that you will have a great time. And that is the main thing. <clears throat> Again, Within I'll, the parameters I'll take, of I'll obviously, some, like... Yeah, I'll yeah. Take, of, of the law. Let's of Dubai law. Dubai law, yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise, big, Lisa might not make it back for episodes three, four, five, and the yeah. rest of season five. <laughs> it's a good thing I'm married. That's all I'm saying. It's a good job I'm married. Uh, I, it would Dubai would be a very dangerous place for me if I'd gone single, I think. And we'll just leave that there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I definitely would have ended up in a Dubai jail. Um, anyway, we've detracted away from your holiday. I'm excited for you that you're going away on holiday. Yeah, so that's exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Although, obviously, traveling with a two and a half year old who's currently behaving like Kevin, the teenager. Oh, yeah, of course. You said so that. Less- yeah, less keen on how that's going to go. And holidays are very different when you've got a young child. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it'll obviously still be really good and really nice time for a break, but I know it's going to be different. And I think last time I went away abroad, I didn't have a child. So this is my first oh, abroad the first trip. first one as well. Yeah. So, yeah, just kind of got to get in my I'm head. I'm praying for you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, please do. Please do. But all good. All yeah. good. Um, what else has been going on? So I feel like I'm currently living in an episode of DIY SOS. Um, not in my house. So... I, my neighbours, every single one of my neighbours, of which there are four or five in the kind of immediate vicinity, are all having work done on their houses. And my friend told me that it's because I have done so much work on my house, everybody now is feeling like their houses don't look very good next to mine. And it's like a tradesman central out there. It's like a car park, a screw fix. There are so many vans out there today. Oh my God. People having new bathrooms, new porches, new drives, new sheds is what happened today. I was like, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do this house again now. I've only just finished it. We're in a never endless cycle of keeping up with the hunts, aren't we? Like I am causing this. Like it's not like keeping up with the Joneses. It's keeping up with the hunts now. Um, yes, I feel like I'm living in an episode of DIY SOS. It's quite extreme, I would say. The last oh, I love few days this. On my road. The neighbour um, competition. Neighbour competition. Also, there's a lot of vans around and a lot of cars. And just because of the road I'm on, that's going to crop up on the group WhatsApp, I'm sure, at some point shortly. <laughs> it normally does. So I'll keep you informed Excellent. on that one. Um, but yeah, it's all going on. It's all going on today. Uh, that's for sure. Um, and then the other thing I was going to talk about, because we talked about this on our final episode of season four. So mm-hmm. we did a our finale episode was all about reflection. And we said we were going to go away and do some reflecting ourselves. We did um so did you do it so I did and I didn't realize I had done it in respect of for the purpose of this action that I took away from that last (laughs) episode so I've actually done it by accident isn't that a good thing that I actually did it as a habit but uh yeah I did and it was so helpful because I actually completed the exercise when I got back from holiday And I spent a lot of time thinking when I was away on holiday and scribbling ideas down and spending time resting. And then I wrote down in my notebook all the things that I'd achieved in the first quarter of this year. And it was loads. And I was like, oh, I've actually done loads of different things, not just my travels and obviously my fun things, but things in respect of 
achievements of this podcast and my coaching and my ongoing training that I'm doing. And I realized, as usual, that I don't give myself enough credit for what I do and progress I make, or actually the fact that I invest a hell of a lot of time in continually, continually trying to better myself. So I'm very bad at only ever focusing on what I haven't done yet or haven't achieved yet, um, which is ironic because it's what I always try and support my clients to, to do differently. But I think we often are attracted to things and people that are similar to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I am attracted to those who I see myself in at times. And what I just need to get better at doing is walking my talk, I think, and actually applying some of those principles to me. <laughs> but did you do it as well? I did. Yes. So I what were your learnings? So I did it a couple of weeks ago. I actually did it um, when there was like a a period of nice weather. It was very short lived. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I did it in my garden. So um, one of the things I also talk about with people who I coach is actually getting away from your day to day workspace. So where you do your emails and everything, because it kind of restricts your thinking, I feel, and my experience as well. So I did do some reflection. I did it in the garden. I just took a piece of paper and I did it whilst I was having my lunch. Um, so it didn't take long, it took about 20 minutes. Um, I did a very corporate thing. I used a, a Winlin change model. Oh, I know. Fancy. And, and that's because, um, you know, I have moved obviously out of a corporate career into working for myself now, but you can't completely take the corporateness out of me. And some of those sure. templates are helpful. They are. I they like are. that one, actually. Yeah. I forgot about that one, Winlin change. Yeah. So, yeah. It was good. I did some stuff on my business. Obviously, did some stuff with the podcast and myself as well. It was all kind of included. Uh, and I definitely got some actions coming out of it, some of which I've already executed. So, uh, and then now in the pipeline for kind of late summer, um, more to help with my personal development, actually, because we still all, you know, we mm. grow as coaches. We still have yep. to develop yep. and personally develop as well. That's really important. We don't we don't just talk about it for everybody else. It's, it absolutely applies to us as well. So yeah, I've got some stuff um, in the pipeline to help support me with that. So, yes, I absolutely oh, did Well done, you. It. Well done to um, both of us. Gold stars so all around. We actually walked our own talk. <laughs> yeah. So, for once and we hope <laughs> CBBs <laughs> we hope CBBs you have found chance to also do some reflecting but if you haven't that episode is still available now to listen to if you're curious about how to do it and do it well and what we're talking about uh, it is episode 10 of season four and it's mm-hmm. all about reflection so go and check it out but we're on season five and we've we got are. a whole new thing to be talking about today. We've got part two of our episode around how to find value in your work. So should we get chatting? Let's do it. Let's go. So let's just recap what we mean by values. Values and purpose are both the fuel to our working engines and our sat nav, directing us on the right path. Working with them expedites what we can achieve and elevates how we feel about what we do. Values can be defined as broad preferences concerning appropriate courses of action or outcomes. As such, individual values reflect a person's sense of right or wrong or what ought to be. 
These are an important part of us and have been cultivated throughout our lives based on a multitude of factors. Our family, our friends, our education, our experiences and our environment. They are simply our inner spirit level. So things may not feel right or we may feel unhappy if they are unbalanced or unfulfilled. So Lisa, in your experience, how have you approached trying to balance your individual values with your work choices? So I think this is the million dollar question, isn't it? And I think for anyone who has been listening to Susie and I, which I hope is lots of you, by the way, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, talk about this topic of values. If this is new to you, this may be the question you have, which is like, yeah, yeah, guys, this sounds really great in principle. And wouldn't this all be wonderful if this is what we could do all the time? But how is this actually achieved? And how is it practically possible? Because those of us who were working, we work because Yes, we like to work, but I suspect the majority of us work because we have to, because we all need money to live. And sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. And that involves compromise. And I think that is a key part of answering this question, actually, around balance with individual values and your work choices, because it can be exactly that. It can be a compromise. But I think the key point here is you've got to first understand what your values even are before you can even seek to be able to put things in place to to ensure you have some form of balance and that you're honouring them. And so we talked in the first part of this special episode about understanding what your values could be and becoming much more aware of what's important to you. And I think that is the starting point. I think it's then understanding what actions can you take to weave them into what you do and the decisions that you make. And I think actually what I've learned over time is it's actually very powerful for me to know and understand what's important to me and my values. And then I make decisions accordingly as to how they're fulfilled. And sometimes that means that I don't fulfill them. So Mm -hmm. it was interesting because you and I, Susie, were talking before the start of this recording about running our own businesses and the roller coaster of emotion that comes with that and, and the experiences we have. There are a lot of highs. There are a lot of lows. And actually, not all my values are actually fulfilled through having my own business because I do really thrive when I work with other people and I thrive from being a part of a team, something bigger than myself. Now, being a solopreneur means you work on your own. So, mm-hmm. yes, it there does. is an element of I work with other people in how I partner with my clients, but fundamentally it sits on my shoulders and there isn't anybody else. And actually, that is where that value of mine is in conflict because I can't fulfill that in the way that I've chosen to work. But that is a compromise that I've been prepared to take because of the fact that this decision to work independently on my own ticks other boxes that at this moment in time, I think are more important. But I think you've got to start with, when it comes to like balancing values and work choices, you've actually got to just start with, well, do I know what is important to me? And then use that as that sense check when you're making decisions. 
And it's not necessarily about big changes or anything really severely profound. Like, yeah, you know, values, they're not actually anywhere near as big and scary as they may sound if this is something you're not aware of before. And it's not necessarily about doing anything really major or huge or it's just about understanding what you hold dear and then making small tweaks and adjustments to suit it I think and that's a great place to start as well like this isn't you know that's where I started with my values it's not as though I just suddenly decided one day my values aren't being met so I'm changing my career it wasn't like that it was actually I'm going to make small adjustments and that's always within your gift to do so I think it's just bearing that in mind Definitely. I mean, I'll be honest. Um, I have and still do really struggle with this area around um, kind of more what values resonate with me the most. And also um, kind of how does that then link to my working life? I think I'm getting better at it and becoming clearer at it. But I think it's important to kind of say that because I think if you're listening to this and you're intrigued, because I was intrigued, I started doing a lot of this when I had coaching with my coach at the time. And a lot of the stuff we did around exploring my values, I'll be honest, didn't really resonate with me very well to start with. Mm. They were just purely like a list of words that were kind of presented to me and then I prioritized them in which had more connection with me. Um, And they did have connection with me, but I think not to a point where I could fully understand why they did and articulate that. And so I've kind of then evolved it myself over a period of time as more of a question than kind of statements or words. And I know in part one, we did talk about the value of words, and I do think they absolutely hold value if there are certain words that resonate with you that come through when you're thinking about your values absolutely um kind of go with that but if that doesn't work for you like it didn't necessarily for me as much I actually ended up flipping it into a question which was what do I value and that actually although I just it's exactly the same thing but that flip of it into a question then allowed me to answer that more clearly and more simply for Mm -hmm. me as a simple soul (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you know then a list of words came um, you know in part one I talked about flexibility um, and that was probably a a word that was in in answer that I kept coming back to in answer to that question that I was posing myself which was what do you value so I suppose the reason I'm sharing that is that if you are thinking you know I don't know how to there's nothing kind of immediately coming to light for me and so I don't know how then to balance that with my work choices. You're not alone because I felt exactly the same way. And I think the key thing to say is that it's always evolving. There's no end point. And I think doing the episode yesterday, just some personal reflection, it actually made me stop and think, actually, when was the last time I revisited my values? And it, it was actually before I had children. So before I had my little boy. So that's quite a long time ago now, pre pandemic, pre, I was in my corporate career. I wasn't working for myself. And actually, I need to probably dig that back out and have another look at them and think, mm. actually, are they still valid? Am I, are they, am I still clear around what they are? And am I, am I living them now in my work situation? 
Because um, if I'm not, to your point and your great story there about being a solopreneur and one of your values being teamwork, that ongoing, if you're not comfortable with that, you know, situation and you said you are, there are other things that are more important for you mm. at the moment. But if you're not, that over a period of time can escalate and can start to make you feel, uh, you know, more dissatisfied with the work that you're doing, less fulfilled, and that will make you feel unhappy. And, mm. you know, we don't want to be unhappy at work. Ideally, the goal is that we are spend so much time of our lives at work that actually we we need to try and enjoy it as much as we can so that's kind of how it can can layer up in my experience and I know that's a bit different to yours but I thought it was important to kind of yeah share no that. absolutely and I think what's interesting is you know again just to continue where I was going with that sort of point around my value around teamwork actually what it's challenged me to think about is okay so I am working on my own but how can I satisfy the need of being with others and people as a solopreneur to honor that value because I know it's important and you know you're aware of this because we've been talking about it a lot over the last couple of years but actually is totally possible so fine I work on my own but I actually don't have to be by myself and Yeah, joining things like uh, a networking group, which is what I've chosen to do recently for my own personal development and to expedite the growth of my business. Sure. But actually, I now have two meetings a week with other solopreneurs and I become part of something. So that helps to just satisfy that need I have a little bit. And, And similarly with our coaching, you know, our supervision groups, I have a supervisor now. So like, I now have somebody else that I can offload to share with, learn from, to help again, satisfy that need of being with other people, learning from other people. So there are tweaks you can make. I suppose that's my point here. It's not actually necessarily about big changes or anything that profound or major, but it's just being aware in the first place to then know, okay, so now I'm aware of this and I know what it means to me. What could I do differently about it? And it can be small adjustments to get some of that balance back. Because I think, as you were just concluding there, Suze, if you leave these things unchecked for a long period of time, they might not feel that bad at the moment, but they could become worse over time if they're not checked, managed, responded to in some form. And you start making the necessary changes or decisions to fulfill them in a suitable way because I think otherwise you could argue in the decisions you're making who are you actually serving because I think if you're working too much in conflict with your values it's highly likely then you're working with other people's (laughs) um that doesn't really last for very long and you know yes there's an element of you know being selfless and yes compromising because I was talking about that but not completely not fully and not all the time because Mm. as I said you end up doing yourself a disservice and that just make you miserable yeah and I can talk from experience like I touched upon it in the last episode 
But as I was really coming to the conclusion of my corporate career, I was becoming more and more unhappy in my role, in my job, um, and actually in my life, because I I mentioned it, you know, on the episode that it can consume you when Mm. you feel unhappy at work. That's not a nice feeling. You know, I've experienced it. I know that. Um, And actually, it can take a while to unpick why that is and, and, and what's going on. But I think... Um, if you're at that point and that's how you're feeling, you know, I would strongly suggest a really great starting point would be to actually start to have a look at identifying your values if you haven't already. Mm. And thinking, okay, what would be my top five? You know, or even answer that question, what do you value? And either or, whatever works best for you, you know, identify five kind of keywords. Uh, and, and then look about are these present in my work right now uh, and if they're not then are there choices there that will allow you to take back control and move forward and make you feel kind of better you know I had a situation with a client at the end of last year so one of my values is um, collaboration that's really important to me that we are we work together I work together with people um, who are you know really collaborative who who want to hear my thoughts uh, who treat me in the right way and I'm respectful and just that there's that kind of collaboration uh, sentiment there and I had a situation in the last year where it's it was becoming really clear that a potential um, client did not value collaboration in the way that they conducted themselves or in their ways of working and actually um, I was starting to feel quite uneasy about that situation. My gut was telling me that this wasn't actually the right situation for me. And it ended up not being. And actually, I'm quite relieved now. I'm quite glad because now I've kind of relooked at my values, like I mentioned, um, and collaboration is one of them. That that really sticks out for me now, having gone through that experience of, I probably wouldn't have been happy if that work situation had come off because collaboration definitely wasn't there and it mm. wasn't at the heart of those ways of working. And so that would have really um, bothered me and probably made me not allow me, uh, not created the environment to allow me to be at my best because I'm at my best when some of these values are in yeah, play yeah. And, in, and, and are in motion. And that's the point, I think, to like acknowledge actually your values enable you to be your best. So actually you want them to be in operation. And that is such a good example. And it's a hard one to learn, especially when it's about servicing um, someone else. It's about, you know, a client. I think some of the, some of the hardest decisions to make when you actually have to turn around and say, this isn't working for me, Um, which, you know, when it is your own business and it's about, money and opportunity it's really hard to say no but I think as you pointed out it was a good lesson and actually you felt better in the long term knowing that actually you made a decision that was best for you and that you know meant that you then ended up making the space I'm sure to work with people who you were suited to um so we did talk in that first part of this episode about you know the importance of values and we started talking about so how do you define your own yeah um so for those of you who did listen to that first part if you didn't don't worry you can still go back and listen to it but (laughs) we started in a very simple place which is if this is the first time you've ever started exploring values where you know this is where you can start from which is simply you know what do you enjoy doing and what is important about that for you 
as well as you can go the flip side like what do you not enjoy and what is it about that that you don't enjoy because that can give you a different perspective on the same area Susie asked that really great question as well what do you value again if that resonates more clearly with you it's then so what do you do with that information to help drill down and I liked your um suggestion Susie of then we'll pick your top five words or values whatever you've decided to call them um whatever means the most to you and then ask yourself that question how are these being fulfilled right now in in what you're doing and I would ask that question in work and at home because that's always an interesting one you know in terms of you may think you know where the problem lies but that may be an assumption until you really challenge yourself around it so you may be thinking oh this is all about my work but actually it might not be so I think it's important to ask it in respect of work and life and then score them so I always love the scaling exercise of like on a scale of one to ten it's quite simple and I'm a simple brain so one being not at all or I say not on your nelly (laughs) I don't know why not on your nelly and ten not on your nelly I love that and ten being a hundred percent or fuck yeah is what the other one I say but that depends whether you are comfortable with swear language so apologies if you're not um whatever works best for you, but score on a scale of one to 10, how they're being fulfilled. And then identify those in that top five who are where you're scoring them the least. And just start being curious about, say, what's going on there? You know, what's stopping them from being fulfilled? What's stopping you from marking them as a 10? And start unpicking what's happening that you think is is causing a blocker. Because that's when you can start identifying the actions you can take to make changes. And there are some brilliant exercises out there that can help you to do this. So if obviously we're talking about it here, you're listening to us, you may be watching us. If you're someone who benefits from being able to have some visuals in front of you to do this, there are some great exercises out there. I have one um, already put together, a bit like a Blue Peter job. Here's one I made earlier, Um, which... If you're interested in receiving it, drop us an email at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk and we will send it to you for free. Look at that, freebie. Also, there are other exercises available. Brené Brown has a great one that she um, has on her website, which you can check out, and has a podcast that supports it. Um, So highly recommend checking that out as well. But there are plenty of exercises that you you can give a go at. And I highly recommend if you feel comfortable, do it. Do it with a mate whether that's a work colleague or a friend, a peer, whoever, but it's quite useful to talk it out loud with other people. uh, Yeah, definitely. So building off that idea of talking it out loud, the other option, although I get is there is an investment behind that, but the other option that Lisa and I did in terms of identifying our own values was we worked through those with a coach one-to-one. Oh, Um, yes. And a lot of values work forms a lot of what coaches do it does with my clients and I know it does with yours Lisa Mm. um so that might be another option for you if you are thinking about actually I prefer to kind of talk about this one-to-one and uh talk things out loud that's how I learn I'm exactly the same I learn exactly the same way um and you need that kind of motivation to do it rather than putting it perhaps to keep dropping it down the to-do list if you want to do it yourself um yeah investing in a good coach 
um, is also another great option to help you kind of explore and identify your values as well, of which Lisa and I are obviously uh, both one as well. So um, yeah, have, have a think. There's some, some various ideas there which can help you with starting uh, to identify your values. So on that note then, Lisa, what would be your top tips for helping our CBBs in consistently trying to strive for value in their work? I think it's bringing together a bit of a theme that we've talked about here, actually. And it was really interesting hearing you talk, Susie, about that moment of realisation from the last episode we recorded on this subject about, actually, what are my values now? And do I know what they still are? Or do I think they may have changed? And I, I think it is that keeping a check-in on yourself around what's important to me, what's important about what I do and how is that being fulfilled at this moment in time in my, in my job, in my day-to-day and using that insight then to make tweaks and changes, like make adjustments because life doesn't stand still and neither do we. So, you know, our jobs can change in so much as maybe our role doesn't, but the people moving in and out of it can change the environment can change the context can change you know everything is always moving and changing and so I think that constant constant is probably the wrong word because it's that's too tiring (laughs) continual um checking in on the situation and you know how you're feeling about what you're doing and what's important to you and and just ensuring that actually you're doing that check and balance to make sure that your values are being met um, and if your values are changing because you're changing and what's important to you is changing, then you're acknowledging that. I think that's, yeah. that's one of my biggest pieces of advice, I think. Yeah, I think that's some really sound advice, which we will capture in our top tips. The other thing I would add is based on my experience, because I know my experience in this subject area has been a little bit different, is that actually if you do this the first time and you because you're curious you're interested your intent is to learn more about yourself that's brilliant intent but that might not mean that the first thing you do truly resonates with you in identifying what those values are don't be afraid to um personalize them even more so that they really do truly connect with you because I and they make meaning for you because I didn't the first time I did this I really struggled. They were just words on a page. Again, I'm quite literal. I'm quite straight, straight, straightforward human being. <laughs> um, and so that, I think that particular exercise that I had done just didn't resonate with me very well. It probably didn't have the impact that it was intended. Um, so I went and did something else where I basically flipped it, as I've mentioned, and posed it more as a question to help me get clearer and help me resonate more with the answers that I provided Mm. so yeah don't be afraid if you try this for the first time and that first kind of thing approach that you use maybe doesn't quite work for you it's totally normal and totally fine just find, just go again and find another way of um doing that and that might be flipping it to a question that might be personalizing a few more words for you rather than perhaps words that are on um the tool whatever it is that you're doing but yeah totally normal and do not panic if it doesn't work for you first time round. <laughs> you
It's time for this week's Workplace Shame. This is where we share an embarrassing workplace story from one of our listeners or one of us if times are desperate, which is one of those occasions today. So Susie (laughs) has kindly stepped up to the mark for the start of this fifth season and offered her workplace shame story. So love, the stage is yours. Well, it had been a while, hadn't it? I was kind of like, I'd got away with it, I think, quite well. (laughs) So I was kind of like, oh, I probably should share. Um, Yeah, this is a story. The shame, it probably, I don't know, was it shameful? It was really embarrassing, that's for sure. Excuse me, my voice is going. Um, But basically, I'm getting nervous. um, I'm (laughs) starting to sweat. Um, (laughs) So basically, I was the placement student back in the day, and I was working in a food manufacturer. And yes, there have been a lot of food manufacturing uh, companies in my previous <laughs> career, my early career. Um, and I was in a meeting, okay, and there were six of us in this meeting. <clears throat> and we were having a working lunch as part of the meeting. Now, I don't know if you feel the same about working lunches as I do. I find them actually really irritating the more I've kind of got through my career. Because one, who wants to talk whilst they're eating? Like, Firstly, I think it's actually quite rude. And secondly, nobody wants to just be like eating their lunch. Everyone just wants a break, check their emails. Mm. Let's just be real about it. Anyway, point aside, there was a working lunch. <clears throat> so there was these bo- on the um, big board table, which we were all sat around. There was like a uh, big bowls of food on the table. Anyway, we were having this working lunch, but the, the meeting was still going on. And I started talking and I got like a bit, I'm quite animated when I talk. So if you watch this podcast on YouTube, you probably noticed that like my arms go quite a lot, my hands go, especially when I get like overzealous or passionate or excited about something. Um, so I was talking about like something, my arms were going and going. Anyway, next minute I um, hit this big bowl of crisps. And they went, like, I've just hit my mic there. Like, see what I mean? (laughs) Sound effects. I hit this big bowl of crisps and they flew, like, I literally whacked it with some force across this board table and spill in this person's lap who was like a customer. Oh, God. So not like somebody who worked in the organisation, a customer, like an external person, and landed all over their lap, right? And I was literally like, oh, my God the shame so I was so embarrassed because I was quite young at this point not really been in many like meetings corporate meetings working lunches etc so these crisps covered that person but the weirdest thing right so I was like oh my god I'm so sorry like can I get you anything like that the weirdest things he was like no it's fine don't worry about it so he sat there for the rest of the time with crisps all over his lap and like around him on the floor and I was like that is really odd why would you do that? Like, that's really, really strange that you would that sit is there weird. with like crisps all over you. So he sat there for the rest of the meeting with these crisps in his lap. And then I was like, well, what's going to happen? Now? Like, is he eating them? Like, well, I, that was going to be my question. Did he just sit there eating the crisps off his so, himself? Basically, <laughs> yes. So for the then, we kind of had like that lunch, but it was at the end. I thought, oh, he's going to get up now and like shake them off and it'll like the bowl will go away, it'll be over. No, he sat there for the entire rest of the afternoon and just like gradually grazed on these crisps that were in his lap. And I was like, well, maybe this isn't very shameful, only for me, because this guy's getting an extra snack here. Like he's thinking, brilliant, I've got some crisps here to eat. 
But isn't that so strange? Like, it's so weird. That? What, just grazing crisps out of yeah. his crotch? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that creates a whole new phrase to like salt and vinegar flavor. <laughs> He's just eating them out of his salty crotch. That's right. Yeah, he'd honestly. So I don't know who was. I don't know. Well, he obviously clearly wasn't embarrassed. Anyway, that's my workplace shame story. That is hilarious. Another food-related one. I swear the last one was around salad, wasn't it? It was, yeah. What is it with you and food? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like I'm a bit of a um, hazard when it comes to food. I think it's because I get like, I don't know. I worked quite I worked quite a lot in my early career in food places, like manufacturers. So there was a lot yeah. of food around everywhere. So now I just think they're like hazards. I see them as hazards. Anyway. Um, oh, well, thank yeah. you for sharing that. So... That's Susie's workplace shame story for this week. If you have a workplace shame story <laughs> that you're keen to get off your chest and have featured in season five of The Coaching Cast, please email it to hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or you can message us on Instagram by searching for at thecoachingcast. And remember, don't worry, all workplace shame stories are anonymous, just not mine and Susie's. So it's, <laughs> it's only the two of us who are actually shamed. So all of you who send your stories in, you'll be anonymous, we promise. It's now time for Bullshit Bingo, where we call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace, which make us cringe. Our Bullshit Bingo for today's episode came directly from one of you, our CBBs, who contacted us with this gem, and it is bio break. <laughs> So Susie, you're going to kick us off in respect to this one and your reaction. What do you think of bio break? I mean, sorry, I'm just dropping my mic on the floor. Like, mic drop. I need what? a bio break, actually. Um, yeah, so bio break. <laughs> I've actually never heard of this before. I haven't either. This term until this was sent in by CBB. I have to be honest, the first time I read it, I thought they were talking about bio as in like, your professional bio like your oh <laughs> your like profile and I was like oh right so you can have a break to talk about like what who each other is and what you do and stuff like that oh no 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 that's not what it means it means a biological break i.e you're going for a piss yeah so yeah um which is what I need right now actually so I need a bio break but I mean I would never use this I think it's a bit gross I think I'd rather just say absolutely gross I'm going for a piss (laughs) why you just put say comfort break oh god that that creeps me out comfort break I think it's weird comfort break I'm like oh it makes me shudder like oh wow shudder okay Oh, wow. Yeah, Maybe don't use me. comfort break then. Not for me. Um, I need to review that. I think I use that quite a lot in my training. I think I okay. probably do as well. I've definitely used comfort break. When actually I'm just saying, if anyone wants to go for a pee, go. Okay. Go to the toilet. Or, absolutely. So, yeah, but you definitely do not need to use the term bio break. Oh, yeah. Yuck. That is gross, isn't it's it? It's gross. It, it is, is gross. totally inappropriate. It's <laughs> inappropriate. Do not use Okay. Um, so yeah, but it's a good bullshit break. bingo. I will say that it is a good bullshit bingo, and I feel like it is the epitome of what we look for in a bullshit bingo. So, 
keep them coming, people. If you see any bullshit bingos alive in the workplace and you think, bingo, then <laughs> we need to hear about it. You can DM us on Instagram at the coaching cast. You can email us at hello at the coaching cast.co.uk. Or you can even message Lisa and I directly on Insta- um, uh, LinkedIn if you want to, or Instagram. Let us know, but we need to hear them. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to go off on my bio break now. <laughs> We are coming to the end of today's two-part special to kick off season five on how to find value in your work. Our tips and recommendations from today's episode are, number one, check in regularly with yourself about what's important and evaluate it. And that's a continual cycle. Things change, life evolves, it's absolutely fine. So just check back on on what those values are and if they are still right for you. Then secondly, once you have identified those, ask yourself the following question. How are these being fulfilled and scale them from one to 10? And remember the scale that Lisa talked about, one being not on your nelly or 10, 100%, fuck yeah. That's what remember the scale is. Uh, So yeah, ask yourself, how are these being fulfilled? Top tip number three, make adjustments to fix. Small tweaks are still okay. So that could be that you actually, like Lisa said, crave and you know that teamwork is important to you. You might go and work in a co-working space, for example, to help you fulfill that piece that's important for you. But small adjustments and fixes are absolutely great. And top tip number four, be patient with yourself. If you do this for the first time and it doesn't quite resonate with you first time like it didn't for me, do not worry. Don't panic. That intent is still there and is still really important to build our self-awareness. So try again when you're ready and perhaps use a different way of identifying what those values are. Here are also some self-coaching questions to ask yourself. Number one, how does your work help you fulfill your vision for your life? Number two, what inspires you? And number three, how does your work align to the things you value in your life? Don't worry if you can't remember our top tips These will all be available uh, in terms of our top tips and recommendations on our Instagram page this week following the episode being released on our Instagram page at The Coaching Cast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and have enjoyed this special two-part piece around values and that you've got some new ideas to take away and try for yourselves. If you have any questions, thoughts or feedback, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us in three ways on email at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk, on Instagram at thecoachingcast. And finally, you can contact us through our website, thecoachingcast.co.uk. Your support helps more than you know. So if you like what you've heard today and would like to help us grow this podcast, please do us a favor, leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. You have no idea how important these are. Hit subscribe wherever you listen and give us a follow on Instagram at The Coaching Cast. Don't forget, you can also watch each episode on our YouTube channel by searching The Coaching Cast. 
So in next week's episode, we're going to be talking about how to hold a good one-to-one. So this is a topic that's come up a few times from some of you, our CBBs, in respect of getting some tips and thoughts and ideas on how to improve one-to-ones with your team members. So tune in next week to learn more about that subject. We both love music and use it to motivate and energize us. So we like to finish each episode of the coaching cast with our personal song recommendation, giving you positivity and energy as you launch into that next meeting. It's my choice this week, and I have chosen Mr. Brightside by The Killers, an absolute retro wedding yeah, classic. Banger. That's a classic. Yeah, I've heard absolutely. that. Absolutely. thank you so much for listening cbbs have a great week and remember you've got this